realized I could go much further, faster, with the right people who had the, who had the right values, yet we have complementary skills. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I'm excited to have Maurice Philogene. Maurice, how are you doing? I'm good, Todd. How are you today, man? I am fantastic, and thanks for, for joining me. Uh, look a little bit about Maurice. Uh, he was a senior exec, or he's a senior executive real estate investor. He, are you still a restaurant owner? I am still a senior executive, still a real estate investor, still a restaurant owner. <laughs> oh man. An explorer of 96 countries. Is there more now? Uh, no, I'm still on 96, but about oh. 20 times now. <laughs> that's dang dang pandemic man yeah. uh public servant uh, and aspiring uh philanthropist so his passion is to serve clients in the consulting space and financial freedom uh via passive income and of course he acquires multifamily properties to join to uh generate that passive income and build a legacy and uh a lot more, but 96 countries. Holy cow, man. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about that. That is, that is really cool. And you, of course, you've got the map up behind you. And I, I see like, I see some like marks on that map. Yeah. Are those dream locations or those places you've already been to? Um, <laughs> those are all places that I've already been. Um, there's one or two dream locations on there that you can't see right now, but one of them is Cape town. I need to get over there. But, um, First of all, thanks for having me. I, I, I really appreciate it. And yeah, anytime yeah. you're able to get on a platform where someone helps you deliver a message where you think it can help people, it's a blessing. So thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Um, appreciate you joining. Yeah, man. So the travel, dude. The travel is because I somehow developed a philosophy that I didn't want life to just be going to work every day, pressing the button, yeah. doing the nine to five grind all the time, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, because I learned along the way that... Uh, Somewhere along the line, we forgot that the purpose of the nine to five was to take care of family, yes, but at some point get out of the nine to five if, if you wanted to. And one of the ways that I always wanted to keep going on the continuous learning route was by traveling and immersing myself in culture. Because when you are traveling in another country, if you think about it, your brain has to fire in a different way. It is different socio issues. It's a different language. It's different food. It's different ways of getting around different people. And it'll break, it'll bring you back down to the basic elements of being a human. So I started traveling when I was 15 as a result of my father sending me to Paris, France for a month with an exchange student who had stayed in my house. And I have never stopped, man. I just came back from Mexico yesterday. Two weeks ago, I was in Beirut, Lebanon for the fifth time in a few months. Um, before the pandemic, I was over in Bali. Last year, I was in Finland five times. Um, I have learned how to do it, and I've learned how to travel hack my my way to uh, experiencing as much of the world as possible. Yeah, I mean, ninety six different countries. You, you're like you're everywhere, right? You're not just like, <laughs> hey, I love Europe or I love no. South America. Like you're you, you're going everywhere. You've probably been, have you been to. Well, maybe not Antarctica, but have you been to at least majority of the continents? 
I've never even counted the continents, but I was in the Finnish Arctic. The reason I went up, up to Finland, because I had this notion of going into the Arctic Circle, and Finland, uh, area in Finland called Lapland is within the Arctic Circle. So I went up there in January of 2009. Ooh, cold yeah. too. 30 below, my man. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's Minnesota. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> uh, this was a different type of cold, though. It was, yeah. it was interesting. But um, yeah, those 96 are places that I've spent at least two weeks working, living, or significantly being part of the local community one way or the other. Oh, I never traveled cool. like a tourist at all. Yeah, and that's the best type of traveling. Now we, we're getting into traveling, which uh, sure. we normally don't talk about, but it's that's healthy. okay. That's yeah. all right. Uh, that's my type of traveling too. I mean, my wife and I spent a week. Oh, it was only a week. I wish it would have been longer, but a week in Mexico. You know, we we rented a car and we stayed in the little kind of boutique uh, hotels type of thing. We didn't we didn't stay in your you know Hiltons or anything like that. We didn't want to experience that. Uh, we yeah. want to experience the life, you know, we're eating dinner with the locals and that's what, we, that's how we always travel. That's so much more enjoyable. When you talk about immersing yourself into the culture, that's the only way. I mean, if you're going to, you can go to Mexico, right? You can stay at a resort and say you've been to Mexico. Um, technically you have, but you didn't experience the culture, right? You didn't no, experience- not at all. And that's, that's the thing. Just real quick. My metric for success on a trip is, do I know the local taxi cab driver? Do I know the grocery store mm-hmm. owner? Um, have I been invited to someone's house for dinner? Or did I hook up with someone and get a cup of coffee? Did we talk business? Um, will I have someone pick me up at the airport when I come back? Because I've impacted them and they've impacted me enough for me to revisit them, right? Like I will oh, invest in people cool. in places. That's so, super cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about your business a little bit. Yeah. So tell tell me about what you've got going on today. You got a lot going on. So tell me. Uh, let's get you know. I gave a brief introduction, but let's get a little bit deeper so so people can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. So let me let me start from the beginning, and I'll give you the shorter version. But the company where I landed, at, so I, I still work for W two employers, if you will. Yeah. But I don't want to give the sense that I just started this business and it's becoming this massive thing. I've purposefully chosen to keep it at a certain state and I'll talk about it, but it's called Quattro Capital. Um, the QuattroWay.com, W-A-Y.com. Um, so I am an immigrant kid. My family's from Haiti, born in Boston, excuse me, born in New York, raised in Boston, ended up in the DC area because, through University of Virginia where I played football, did engineering and was Air Force ROTC. So I was a busy cat. Um, Coming out of college, I got hired by the same consulting firm where I work today. I'm still there after 23 years. Wow. It was Anderson Consulting at the time. Today, it's called Accenture. Um, I was always a military officer because of the Air Force ROTC stuff. Fortunately, the year that I graduated, they said that they had too many officers graduating nationwide and you could go guard reserve. Consulting firm was offering 42 grand. Military was going to pay me as a second lieutenant 24 grand. It wasn't a very difficult very difficult choice. <laughs> um, that career has been awesome. I ended up as a federal agent. So think NCIS, but in the Air Force. It's called Air Force Office of Special Investigations. And I just retired last year as mm. Lieutenant Colonel and Special Agent. Um, so I, I did those two careers, have still been doing them. But in 2002, I jumped into real estate because I, bought just, I just bought a place to live. And it just so happened, Todd, that it was at the beginning of the boom cycle 
um, in the 2000s. And if I fast forward, I purchased, I got up to about 35 single family homes, self-managed, north to south, about 300 miles. So I really didn't have a life in my 20s outside of real estate. And what the beautiful thing that ended up happening was I learned over time that if I would pay off these single family homes, I would create passive income and that passive income would be greater than the salary at my firm. And I wanted freedom, man. Anything that I, let me just preface anything I talked to you about today with respect to real estate or that your listeners hear. The reason I did it is, was because I wanted to control my time. It was never a money thing. It was always about controlling my time so I could go do those things that you and I just talked about, which was travel around the world and experience life the way that I wanted to. So that's yeah. kind of how the business track started. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, there, and that's important. That's an important distinction to make, right? Because some people are in this business to grow something as big and like this big, huge business and, you know, make millions of dollars and, you know, just, just have this massive, massive portfolio and other people are in it where I would get the feeling that you're not really, and I think before our conversation before we was hit record kind of leads me to believe this as well. You're, you don't necessarily need to have a company that has 10,000 units or something no. like that. No. And, and that probably wouldn't even fulfill you quite frankly. And so for you, you're creating a portfolio that's going to create freedom and independence, allow you to allow you to see more countries, allow you to, you know, have your kids along for more countries. And, you know, just so there's different there's different reasons to do this business. I think some people get caught up in like somebody else's dream yeah. versus their own dream. So big distinction to make. And I'm glad you mentioned that because. A lot of people, like I said, a lot of people get caught up in other people's dreams, not their own dream. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's any different in the real estate business, even in the syndication yeah. side. As soon as I, so I did move into multifamily in 2015 and it, true to your point, it wasn't because I was trying to become this massive company. It was because I had stopped growing as a person. I was pressing repeat for 14 years yeah. and I'm grateful that I did it. We're pressing repeat for 14 years on buying single family residences, mostly condos, and taking revenue from uh, the military, revenue from my consulting firm, revenue from rents, and paying off the first one, and then doing it again, paying off the second one, and the snowball effect happened to the point where I had 18 paid off places. So I was fine financially, um, but I had stopped growing as a person because I wasn't challenged by any of that. So I went into a, a real estate investment program. I got myself a mentor. It took me about two years to break through the limiting belief that I could actually do it. Um, that was tough. And then I did my first deal, which ended up being a syndication. And then I did a mobile home park. And then here I am 20 deals later. Um, I am helping other people now kind of a, help them get to the dreams that I wanted, which was, you know, I think about the five freedoms. My business coach talks about it all the time. Financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom, which we just talked about. Freedom of purpose. In 2008, I became a police officer because I wanted to give back to the local community. And I'm still a police officer today uh, because I choose to be, not because I have to be. 
and then freedom of relationships. I get to meet unreal people like yourself, people overseas, my business partners are amazing, the people that I patrol with are amazing, my local community is amazing. So I wanted those five freedoms. And what I'm doing now by working with investors who are trying to get into real estate, it's not that they are necessarily trying to become millionaires and billionaires, it's that they're trying to have the lifestyle that they think millionaires and billionaires have, which is really just a bit of time freedom and ability to unplug from the nine to five rat race um, and not get caught up in titles and ranks and competing with your peers. The same thing in syndication. We started competing with each other for the number of units we have versus how much cash flow are you generating that can impact your family's life on a day-to-day basis. So um, yeah, our, the company I'm with now that, that I actually formed in the last year or so has gotten very big. We've done five complexes this year. We have three that will close in the next 60 days. And I just told you, we got another hundred unit complex under contract and we'll close that by the end of the year. But that is a uh, result of doing something good for people, not, not a force function of, I'm just trying to go after money, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot going on, right? And you talk about enjoying life. You got a consulting business. You got these, have you sold your single families? You still have a bunch of them. No, I refuse to sell them. You got these I, single I families. Eighteen of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a consulting business. You got single families. You got multifamilies. You've got uh, kids. You know, you yeah. your work. You've got you're part of the police force. Uh, you're you're giving your time back. How do you find time to spend with your family? How do you time find time to travel? What are you doing? in your business, in your life, to be able to organize all of this. Give me a snapshot of that, or maybe we got to dive in, because there's a lot here. That yeah. You're doing. And you're not just, it's not just by accident. No, I don't think so. Although I kind of <laughs> fell into studying lifestyle design. Listen, I'll tell you the mistake that I think a lot of people make, and this is just the world according to Maurice. I don't want anyone to take offense to it or whatever, but we, we get, we, we graduate from college, we go into the corporate world or some other career field, and we are told that our path is supposed to be the path of the partner, the CEO, the CTO, the CIO. You're supposed to be the C-suite, the managing partner, whatever, whatever. Go to all the networking events, uh, miss time with your family such that you can have this title because that equals success. I said absolutely not to that. And probably at the expense of upward mobility, I purposefully took on roles, let's say at the consulting firm where I work, that were international oriented. So I've worked in eight countries for them. Um, I stayed in the military, even though I didn't need to, because I wanted to experience life in a different way and have unique opportunities that most people like some of the things that I did on the military side, being a special agent in charge, running field offices in Turkey and Africa and Germany and Netherlands, like no one will ever have those experiences or know what that was like, right? Um, I did that at the expense of the typical corporate growth lifestyle, if you will. Um, even today, uh, let's say this weekend, you asked like, how do I have time for all this stuff? Like I worked my butt off in the last week. It was probably some, it was a bit of ex, extraordinary work. And I'm the guy who gets up at 4 a.m. and has knocked out 
the gym and three hours of work before my son gets up at 8 a.m., right? So I, I have time for him. But I use lifestyle design. So I got on a plane on Thursday morning, Friday morning, and flew down to Mexico safely, mask all, sanitizer, all that type stuff, just to go sit at a co-working location to do work for myself while I took time away from the normal grind. Okay, so I was in Mexico for a little while, for three days, but then I came back and I'm with family. I would rather do that than go sit at a bar in DC and spend $500 hanging out with the fellas and all that type of stuff. Um, And then the last thing is, like I have learned to say no to a lot. It's my favorite word. Hey, we need you to go to this networking event to do X. No. We need you to attend this meeting. No. We need you to do A, B, and C. Um, my business coach, Trevor McGregor, taught me about uh, the time pyramid, a peri- uh, um, pyramid of productivity, if you will, pyramid of productivity, gold time, green time, brown time. Gold is all my travel stuff and things that I love with my family and what have you. It's non-negotiable, non-negotiable at this point in my life. The green stuff is what you and I do, Todd, with respect to our businesses we have to call the bank. We have to call the brokers. We have to, we have to call our investors and do those things because they drive outcomes. I get that. It's the brown time that I didn't realize how much it was sucking away from all of us. The binge watching of Netflix for seven hours, the going to the bar with the fellas when all you would do was get a headache, waste your money and spend time away from your family. Um, scheduling my kids for 38 different activities in a week where they would be exhausted, I would be frustrated and all those types of things. No, no, no. In my family, all we do now is gold and green time. Brown time doesn't even exist. So when you're, when you're asking how I make time for everything, I create time by getting up at 4 a.m. and I'm done with a lot of things by 8 a.m. and then I'll work two more hours between 7.30 and 9.30. That's an extra 42 hours a week. You can spend the rest of the time with your family and doing the other things that are important to you. Um, If I can do it and still be a street cop at night and have been in the military for 23 years and also be an executive consulting firm, plus create a real estate business, plus have restaurants as well, anybody can do it. So I I don't, it sounds harsh when I'm saying this, but I don't believe in the excuse that there's not enough time in a day. You need eight hours to sleep. You got to do the eight hours because your body needs it. But the other 16, spend it on the things that really matter and that will really drive outcomes. Yeah, so powerful. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think it was in 2006, maybe seven. Yeah. I just said, I'm done watching TV. It, it does nothing for me. It turned that thing off. Like, it, honestly, we have one TV in our house. It's barely ever on. Every once in a while, my kids will watch it, but it's never on. Yeah. That thing will last another 30 years, probably. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, but that, that that's what you chose to cut out, and I think you said it beautifully. I mean, get rid of that brown time, that time that just doesn't make you money, doesn't make yeah. you success, and doesn't give you that gold time, that achievement time, that time with your family, that time, um, you know, volunteering, giving back. What's going to make you feel accomplished? You know, that's so so valuable to get rid of that stuff. Do you have, do you hire people then to take care of some of that brown time activity? Do you have partners that do it? What do you do? 
Yeah, so um, I consider myself a student of Tim Ferriss, if you will. It was the four-hour work week that really kind of got me going in terms of um, creating processes, systems, uh, virtualizing my mail. I don't receive mail anywhere. All my mail comes into an online interface. Um, I did have a couple of virtual assistants for a while. I don't need them anymore because my businesses are automated for the most part. Um, so, I, you know, I, I did have employees uh, like virtual assistants that would take care of a lot of stuff. But frankly, I've become more of a minimalist where I just don't have a lot of stuff that needs tending to. So for example, you know, my home is a humble home. Uh, I do have a, a cleaning crew that'll come once a month or something like that. We just don't have a lot of stuff that needs mm -hmm. to be taken care of. From a business perspective, you and I were talking about this before. Um, I am choosing, Todd. I don't want employees. I don't want employees. I don't want to put my name on the side of a building. I don't want an office. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what you want as an individual, right? Um, obviously, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos don't have to work anymore. And they've got thousands and thousands of employees. But they're doing that because they're fundamentally changing how we operate in this world. So I think that makes sense for them. For me, I don't want that. If I was to go out and get the 20 or 30 employees that I think we could probably sustain as we grow, it would just mean me taking more goal time away from my family and from myself to give to the company and to those employees. And that's exactly what I don't want. Yeah. Um, yeah makes sense. Yeah. So no, no, I don't, I just make sure I don't have a lot of things that need to be taken care of that way. Um, you know, I don't have to spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah. You're being intentional and purposeful with everything that you're doing. So you're not creating that need, right? You're not creating right. that you're not creating the need for that extra time. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, again, that goes back to so many people like uh, trying to achieve other people's dreams and not really realizing what they're doing along the way. We're just trying to get more units because the person next to us has, you know, a thousand units and we yeah. got to somehow get there. And so we're doing everything we can, but we don't even know why, like we yeah. don't have a clue why we're getting there. And you know, we, you solidly know what you want to achieve, which allows you to achieve it uh, a lot more easy. So it allows you to set your business up like that. Um, what's a mistake that you've made along the way here? And yeah. how have you learned from it? Brother, uh, like, listen, I am the fall forward guy. I, I, I jumped straight into real estate in my first year in 2002. When I bought my first place, I went to a library because um, I bought my place. It was the beginning of the boom. Three months later, the same floor plan next door sold for 30 grand more. I was totally confused as a 23-year-old, 23, 24-year-old, called my dad. He said, you made 30 grand. What? <laughs> I, I made 30 grand. I went to the library. The internet wasn't really around, like totally around yet. Yeah, I went yeah. to the library, read like eight, nine, 10 books back to back. And by the end of the year, had bought 10 more condos. Didn't, didn't really know what I was doing. I am the fall forward. I will get it done and course correct along the way. I will never change that ever because had I not uh, fallen forward, I would not be where I am today. I am not, um, I have the mindset of going towards danger, not going away from it. Obviously if I'm a police officer and then a military oriented guy, but here's the mistake that I made. I stayed by myself for too long, way too long. I self-manage by myself. 
I took on the burden of employ uh, of uh, tenant emotions and things of that nature by myself. Dealt with the evictions by myself. Had my failures by myself. I think 2008 to 2012 when the financial crisis happened, I was severely affected. Although I made it through and negotiated every issue that I have with with every lender. Um, it wasn't until I found uh, my real estate investment group in 2016. And then in September of 2019, when I found my current partners of Quattro Capital, that I realized I could go much further, faster with the right people who had the, who had the right values, yet we have complementary skills. So if there's something that I know now, it's that I could not move as fast as I am moving to help people if it were not for my partners. Because what I accomplished in 15 years as a solo investor, I just eclipsed it in one year as part of a team of five. Hmm. And if I would have just opened myself up to be a little bit more vulnerable with people and tell people what I was going through, because they say that entrepreneurs are depressed a lot because of how tough it is. Man, I was depressed a lot. Um, but now I am just flying like a kite on top of the world because I have Chad Sutton, Kim Wenland, Tam uh, Tammy Sutton, uh, Aaron Hudson, and myself who make up Quattro Capital. Um, it just does not get any better than what I have now. And I think I earned it. I worked my butt off for it. So I'm happy about it now. Do you think that's, uh, it was just, uh, and what what was it that made you stay by yourself? Was it limiting beliefs in what you could do? Was it fear know, of partnerships? I know exactly what it was. Yeah, I was afraid. I was totally afraid, man. Listen, when you come out of an immigrant family, and most immigrant kids will tell you this, your parents push on education, right? Mm -hmm. So my parents pushed on getting a degree, and then listen, you got to get into the corporate world and get the title and go up the ladder and do this and do that. And I didn't organically feel that way at all. Hmm. I organically felt like I wanted to travel the world and experience life uh, and make relationships with people. And all I saw around me, especially being from New York, DC and Boston, were people who were just grinding, trying to go up and break the ceiling constantly. And that just wasn't me at all. Yeah. So I was quiet, Todd. I didn't tell my consulting peers that I was in real estate. I didn't tell my real estate peers that I was in the military. I never told anyone I became a street cop. And I never told anyone that I was an owner of six different restaurants because I didn't want people tearing down what I was trying to accomplish. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, could you imagine if I went to work one day on the consulting side and, oh, excuse me, if I didn't go to work one day on the consulting side and someone said, oh, you know what? He's probably down in Atlanta doing diligence on a property. I would never have been able to accomplish everything that I accomplished. So I was just very quiet of what I was with, what I was trying to do until probably two years ago when I realized I'm financially free. I have my five freedoms. Nobody can really tell me anything to do except my parents and the Lord above. Why am I not telling people my story so they can feel comfortable not wanting to be the number one in the company, but being a solid number 37 who uses his income to drive real estate to then be even that much more financially wealthy and that much more happy. So I've started telling my story quite a bit. 
So now when you tell your story, did you tell your consulting company? It's not so much that I told them per se. It's that I've been on, for example, uh, amazing podcast interviews like yourself. I have posted them on LinkedIn now. Like I don't care anymore. And you know what's amazing? How many executives have come out of the woodwork to give me compliments that I did not put all of my chips in that one basket of the corporate life, right? Like Maurice, how did you get to all these countries? How did you have all these experiences? How did you get into all these different networks of people? How the hell are you a street cop? When did you do that? Why are you doing that? Um, Yeah, so I don't, you know, no problem talking about it now because I'm in a position where I don't give a shit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that was the mistake I made. I think I stayed in that kind of lonesome entrepreneurial, I'm going to get this done space because I didn't want judgment. And in fact, now that I've opened up to people, judgment is the last thing I ever received. Um, it's typically more compliments and kudos. Yeah. And that, it, that's really cool. That's a, that's a great story. I think a, a definite lesson learned for people. It, entrepreneurs, it, like you said, man, it's, it can be depressing because a lot of us try to go at it completely ourselves. I did. Yeah. Um, you know, and man, it can, it can get old. It can get depressing. It's not nice to be by yourself. So having this team now, and then you mentioned, like, you guys all have your own strengths. Yeah, um, we do for sure. Yeah. And, and you're relying on your own strengths to create a better company. You've gotten farther in a very short period of time than you did in, what'd you say, 12 years or whatever it was? 14 years. 14 years. I've eclipsed that in a year with these guys. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. What we've done. Yeah. But, but you, put, you put a bunch of amazing brains and amazing people together, and that's what can happen. That's what can happen. Yeah. But, and, and you, you, we, and see, this is the thing, Todd, we, we are all uh, taught as we grow up in this particular society to compete with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't want to compete with anyone. I don't yeah. want to compete with you. I just want to create. So if one day we get together and we have a family event and our kid and our two seven-year-olds uh, end up being the dynamic duo pitcher and catcher, phenomenal. Or we do a deal together. Phenomenal. We, in grade school, we were supposed to be the, you know, the valedictorian. We're supposed to be the MVP. We're supposed yeah. to be the best at everything. So Todd can't be my friend, right? Yeah. It's the same thing that happens in syndication or real estate. You, you feel like you're always competing. When you actually start creating with people, like there's so much abundance out there. And I know that's kind of a, a term that people throw around loosely, but I'm dead serious. There's so much out there that you can accomplish together um it's just better to be to be in that sense now for quattro capital i take care of most of investor relations and working with what we call alliance partners meaning people who want to get into the industry but don't have a team around them to make sure that they don't make mistakes and stuff so that's how we give back where chad my partner chad sutton he handles the financial diligence and negotiating with the banks and negotiating a contract on the deal he's just better at it than i than i am where kim uh, Wenlin, she kind of quarterbacks the whole team, makes sure nothing gets lost in the sauce. Uh, Aaron Hudson is my counterpart working with other investors. She left her uh, chiropractic practice to wellness centers in California because she didn't want the business stuff. She didn't want the 30 employees anymore. She just wanted to come into real estate and help people. Yeah. Um, and then we have Tammy, 
who takes care of all of our processing in the background and is really kind of our offensive and defensive coordinator, making sure our plans are all set for the future. If I am out in down, you know, down the field and Kim is throwing me the ball, Tammy's back here running the plays. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's all a team environment now and we can score 50 touchdowns that way rather than just one on your own. So um, it's yeah. been, it's been phenomenal to be honest. Well, and it, think, think about what it would look like if you tried to do all of that yourself. Yeah. I mean, could you do it? Well, for, first of all, you'd probably have to quit your consulting job. Then you'd probably have to quit uh, the police. Yeah. And you, you probably have to sell your restaurants, yeah. uh, you know, and, and now you could get a couple deals done, but would you be able to get the amount of deals done? Would you be able to have as much success? And would it be as fun? The answer is no. Like, no, no. no. And I talked about those five freedoms where if that was yeah. the case, then I would lose that freedom of purpose. Yeah. I'd be stuck doing this stuff constantly where yeah. I don't, real estate is not my life. Life is my life. Real estate just happens to fuel it, right? Yeah. My life is doing all the things that you and I just talked about. So um, I want to focus where I want to focus and not be grinding all over the business and then wake up when I'm 75 and realize that I missed it. I missed out, you know? Regret is my biggest fear, if anything. Um, so yeah, it, it has definitely worked out for the best, for sure. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, we could keep talking. I, I know there's, I got so many questions in my brain that I could ask you, but... <laughs> you know, the show's got to eventually end, unfortunately. Uh, maybe we'll have to have you back a second or a third yeah. time even. Um, I, I want to wrap up with a couple last questions. Uh, what's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? Uh, I'm going to go two, if you'll just, just indulge me. One is the four hour work week. I have to give mm -hmm. that book credit for helping me develop a mindset, employing systems for doing things more efficient. He was not talking about working four hours a week and then drinking beer for the rest of right. the 34 or 36. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about employing systems and doing things more efficiently. And it has been a game changer. But the second book that really got me, Todd, was a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Uh, he was a Holocaust survivor. Um, he penned something called Logotherapy. I won't go into it, but it really helped me kind of in those darker times I was telling you about, um, figure out what my purpose was for being kind of on this planet and why I wanted to do business. And once I figured out my purposes, it was very easy to go to work and to grind and to have 48 hour days where I didn't sleep and uh, do all the things that I do because it was for a purpose. So those two books is what I would recommend. Love it. Love it. How do you like to give back? You mentioned a couple of things. Is there a certain thing that you like to do the most to give back? Yeah, man, you know, uh, that federal agent, when I became a federal agent in the military and I got my first deployment in 2002, uh, I locked up some pretty bad people and affected the safety of hundreds, uh, excuse me, thousands of sailor soldiers and Marines and airmen. And I loved it. So when I came back to the corporate world after coming off active duty, I struggled because I wasn't giving back. I was creating revenue and that pissed me off. Yeah. So the way that I decided to give back was to become a local street cop because I was just good at law enforcement. Um, so even to this day, I still patrol for a local um, county policing agency in the D.C. area. 
I don't do it full time anymore. I do it two times a week because I have need, I have special needs kid that I need to take care of. Sure. But the way that I get back, even tonight, 8.30 tonight, I'll be patrolling. I don't have to, I don't need the money, but there's something to being able to impact someone's life on a significant basis, throwing a burglar out of someone's house, yeah. saving someone from a car fire or whatever that appeals to me. So that's how I like to give back one of the ways I like to give back. That's awesome. And th thank you for doing that, by the way. That's really cool. Yep. Um, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I am going to go back to the five freedoms that I talked to you about and I'll focus on three. Um, the first is financial freedom and the pillar being passive income. Um, we just do not need an enormous amount of money to live extremely well. All you have to do is create enough passive income over and above your expenses, and you are technically financially free. The problem, the mistake that we make, especially in this um, culture, is that we're a materialistic society. We've been taught to go buy shit and crap and then have to go to work to go pay for that crap. So, uh, you know, I'm still driving my 05 Infinity. It works. I don't need another car. Like maybe one day I'll buy one, but I, pretty, I doubt it. Um, so the first pillar for sure is passive income. Get you some of that. Go do some research on it. The second thing is knowing your purpose. It, if you know your purpose, your real purpose, it will be easier to go to the nine to five. It will be easier to grind out and sit in a meeting, a monotonous meeting that you don't want to be at because you know exactly why you are there. So I have helped people through this process called dreamscaping, where we establish what the goal is, what their purpose is, and then we figure out with their W-2 income and maybe an investment or two, how we get them to achieve that particular goal. So when people have that purpose, it is easier to go to work. Um, and then I think the third thing for financial creation for me was putting myself in an environment where my mind continually expands. We, we come out of grade school and college and we enter this nine to five space where we start pressing repeat every day. I don't know why we do this, where we just do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, where we are creatures that are intended to expand. Part of the reason why I travel so much and do so many business ventures is because I want my mind to expand in different ways, the same way we were doing, dude, when we were in first grade and second grade and trying to get to the next level, right? Um, so it's those three things. It's passive income, uh, knowing what your purpose is and putting yourself in an environment where your mind is continually expanding. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great. Um, it's probably made you uh, that, that it, putting yourself in that environment where mm -hmm. your mind continues expanding. I bet that's made you a better employee and, and, oh. and I mean, better all around, right. Better father, but you know, it's just everything. Um, you know, when you stop growing, when you stop trying to expand, that's, that's when you start dying, right? Yeah. The, the greatest tragedy is not death, my man. The greatest tragedy is dying while you're alive. Mm. You know, and I, I read that the other day. I, I don't, I, I honestly, it's not mine. I can't remember yeah. where I saw it, but when I read it, it, it totally hit me. I am afraid to be dead while I am alive. Yeah. So yeah. you will see me so do crazy true. stuff like... Did Maurice just fly to Beirut, Lebanon after that blast on August 4th? I did. I went there on August 11th to go give back to people that I know there because I know I would feel alive helping people while I was over there. 
did, did I just go patrol last night for 10 hours in the rain and whatever, help a family do A, B, and C? Yep. And I felt freaking alive doing it. Go after the business. Yep. I felt alive. I cannot just do this press repeat thing. And then all of a sudden wake up at, at age 80 and be like, damn, it's all over. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. But yeah, definitely expanding my mind all this time has definitely um, made me a better person and made me uh, the, the thing that I'm most proud of is being an empathetic person. I don't care if you're an immigrant uh, uh, from the U.S., whatever. I have, I grew up in blue collar, white collar, no collar, different lang- different countries. I speak four languages, business world, grinded out world with cops, uh, military world. Pick something, I've probably done it. And the empathy that I have for people um, is something that I'm really proud of, but that's because I put my, myself in position to always be expanding and learning from people. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am proud of who I've become as a person, although I still have a lot more learning to do. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the things I want to give you kudos for is, you know, look, you've created, uh, financial freedom. You've, you've, you don't have to do this stuff that you do. And a lot of people dream about just going to and travel like you're doing, but not going to Lebanon and then, and actually like volunteering, giving back, like they want to go to Mexico to sit on the beach for five days and drink Mai Tais. And, you know, but you might do some relaxing. My guess is you do some relaxing, of course, but at the same time, you're, you know, you're doing more than just that. Right. And yeah, you're, you want to feel alive and do more things, but you're volunteering, you're not volunteering, but you're working to be a, a, a cop, you know, at, at night and you're a dangerous job, but that's making you alive. It is. And that's, that's what I want to give you kudos for. You're doing more, than just this for yourself, right? You're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it to also positively affect thousands of people that you're being around and, and influence. And then coming on podcasts like this and telling your story and now affecting even more people. So kudos to you, man. It's been a, an absolute pleasure to interview you and, and hopefully uh, we can get you back on the show here for some follow-up interviews. I, I, like I said, I got like crazy amount of questions <laughs> in my head right now, but. Sure. Sure. And if any, you know, um, I, I, again, thank you for the platform. I'm yeah. trying to be better because I recognize that my story can help other people. And for those people who do want help, reach out to me on Instagram, Maurice Philogene, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Maurice Philogene. Um, the website of our real estate business is the Quattro with two T's, the Quattro way, W-A-Y.com. Go to my page there, schedule a call with me. I don't care, man. Like whatever your goals are, if I can help, or it's not that we can always help, Todd. It's that you and I have networks of people that we can leverage to help other people achieve their goals. Yeah. This is where I'm saying that I'm over the competition. I'm over it. Yeah. I am all about creating with people now. So um, I appreciate your podcast for hopefully connecting me to someone who I can make a difference with. Yeah, we'll put that all in the show notes so people can uh, just click on that and and reach out to you. So awesome, man. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.